Welcome to Bookish Podcast with Caffanel, a podcast about books ish. A quick disclaimer before we start there may be some spoilers, so please save the episode for later if you don't want any. And also, please follow us on social at We Are Bookish Pod. We hope you enjoy. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Good, thanks excited because we've got Ella and Grace on the podcast today so hello guys hey hey hello hello um Ella and Grace are our lovely friends who agreed to come on our podcast and we finally got it in so this is very exciting um do you guys want to intro yourselves slightly yeah sure Ella do you want to go first yeah, I'll go first. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Ella. Uh, so I met Ellie and Kath like two and a half years ago, I think. Nearly. Th- oh, it'll be three years, actually, in May. I'm wow. not sure. Yeah, <laughs> really? In, like, March. So, yeah, very exciting. But, yeah, we've been chatting about the podcast, like, so much. And I feel like I've just wanted to always come on. So, yeah, I'm super excited. From Belfast originally, 29 years old living in East London just quick intro <laughs> is that your bio on Instagram <laughs> proper bio I love it give them your address as well <laughs> tell them where you work <laughs> no don't <laughs> um hi I'm Grace I am Ella's girlfriend that's not usually how I lead <laughs> it's not a defining personality and <laughs> <laughs> but for context that's who I am um yeah we live together so this has been actually funny setting up our uh recording setup because we've had to just like banish each other into different rooms to try and get the audio right and we appreciate you for that <laughs> <laughs> definitely also um, Ella and Grace are members of our book club our work book club and so this is why this has happened as, as along with the fact that we work with Ella but we've been talking about this for for a while now um and you always have you come with the recommendations like the really good ones and this was a good read so we're spoiler on an episode where we could discuss yeah. Yeah. yeah because we could have had you on a different episode about um our our, our wives under the sea couldn't we Oh, that was, I, that was your honest, work as well, wasn't it? Yeah, invite me back for that one. I want to. I want to chat about that one. <laughs> we could chat about it at the end. How about that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> but what have you guys been up to? What you've been watching? What's going on with you? Okay, so the traders has literally taken over my life. For <laughs> same. So I kind of jumped in. I jumped in a bit late. Um, I didn't watch like the first season and then everyone just kept talking to me about oh. Claudia Winkleman and how chic she looks and all of her knitwear and I just thought I have to watch this and ever since I have been addicted like the jump between Friday to Wednesday is like far too long first of all yeah. <laughs> how we can wait that long uh, is beyond me I just can't hangers are too much um, I wish yeah, it was spaced yeah. out a little bit I, f- I wish it was like a Monday Wednesday Friday type thing. I hate that they just drop them. Also, wouldn't you do it Monday, Wednesday, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday rather than like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? Like I'm out Thursday, Friday. So then I miss out and I can't go on social media for like three days until I've watched it. (laughs) Good to have a break. Even TikTok. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just obsessed with them all right now and I just. I'm always through the thing of like, do I want the faithfuls to win? Do I want the traders to win? Like, I still have no idea. 
I like too many of them. It's changing for Who me every day, win? I think. Hmm. Oh, I, I, I really know. want Harry to win. Harry's been playing such... Yeah, and he's been playing such a good game that you think, like, oh, he deserves it. Like, he's done so well. And everyone, I think, underestimated him at the start. You know, everyone was like, ooh, Paul is a mastermind. He's... He's the one who's kind of driving this, but wow, Harry, little snake, and I love it. <laughs> I feel like he's left breadcrumbs though now, like mm. in, in the same way that Paul left himself breadcrumbs and vulnerable. He's he's done the same. I don't know. I mean, Jazza Christie, can I just give a hand to him? Because that man's been predicting traitors before they even knew they were traitors. Have you seen that tweet? <laughs> That's so funny. It's so true. No one believes him when he talks. Like, I want him to walk away with some confidence after this because he he'd said that he'd lost trust in people and stuff like that as part of his but, like. Come on, why would you come on a show called The Traitors if you don't have any trust in people? I don't think I could do it. No, I don't think I do. Do you guys think that you would be good at it? Like, do you think you would be good traitors no. or good faithfuls? Who was the guy that like just flustered in the round table and then got Brian? Someone oh, <laughs> like Brian. Brian. Oh my I god! Would be Brian. I would feel guilty even if I wasn't guilty about anything. <laughs> I think I think me. like something like Meg would happen to me. Everyone would just dislike me for whatever reason and be like, "She's definitely a traitor." And it's absolutely not. Absolutely not. That would not happen. You yeah, would like, up there with Harry. Like <laughs> I couldn't be a traitor. I wear my heart on my sleeve, so I, it'd be me very too. obvious. Um, yeah, um, so unfortunately, I'd have to be a faithful. But I think the trade you have a better game being a traitor. Also, you get more airtime. So, yeah, yeah. this is the thing. Although, actually, unless you're dying, it sounds bad, but I think I would be a good traitor. Like, not to say that like, I'm a good liar <laughs> or anything, but like, I actually think no. I would just enjoy the game so much that I would be like, this is hilarious. I did think the whole Paul thing was dying over his kids. I was like, okay, this is a bit mad. But <laughs> just seems to be having so much fun. So I'm like, I feel like I yeah. yeah. And and there was a traitor in the last season called Amanda, and she just really loved it. And even in interviews now, she was like, "Yeah, it was great fun being a traitor. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't change a thing." Like, and she was so good, and she tripped herself up. Um, she fell on her own sword because there was something like she said that she trusted this guy. Um, like, like she really trusted him and then she threw him on the bus the next day and everyone was like oh you're definitely a traitor then because how could you oh, be like no. I trust him like 100% and then oh. throw him on the bus the next day she just tripped up on herself but she was fantastic um up until that point there was this what I don't really understand. funny yeah go go for it oh sorry I think there's a lie um what I don't understand is Molly like why does she trust Harry so much what is going on because like she found you know him. when he won obviously it has to be has to be because when she I when he found that him. shield and <laughs> okay <laughs> when she when he found that shield and he was like I'm gonna keep this as like a a secret and then she was like yeah yeah I get it like I understand I'm like, no I don't understand that's such a silly idea he's a hundred percent I don't know he was yeah. silly to have told as many people as he did that he had that He's he's getting too big for his boots now because he's doing what Paul mm. did. Paul got way yeah. too cocky. Yeah. And then they were like, mm, this was sus. And Harry is yeah. following the exact same path. Andrew's just there like, I didn't want to be a traitor. I didn't sign up for this. I don't want to do it. Like, what's going Guys. on? <laughs> he made him a traitor. Oh, oh, he died. Died. See him just walk that poor man. Just chatting away. 
full volume just chatting to harry that man is gonna Harry's yeah full, full volume he that man is gonna need therapy after this like he can't <laughs> cope with this at all bad bad decision by the way on the recruit agreed yeah I think bad decision. oh yeah and also i just really wanted diane until the end not to be like that, but like, come on, we just need we needed the Irish to stay in. She was so good. <laughs> She's brilliant. Diana's so mother. brilliant. You know what? What an iconic exit for an iconic woman. Like, really, like I could. No one else needed the grand exit except for her, and she got it. It was fantastic. That's so true. Also, she so deserved so every morbid, minute. That episode. Yeah, yeah, that episode was so morbid as well. Yeah, it's it weird. Sort and Claudia like, Winkleman was lapping it up. She loved it. Yeah. Guys, oh like my god! This. Actually, have you seen? Um, oh, I forgot to even share it with you, Ella. But I think it was on TikTok. I saw a video of Claudia Winkleman in the nineties. Have you seen? Oh, oh my god! How different yes. she looks. What? She looks like no, no bangs. Her hair is like a light, like almost blonde. It's like a like a mousy brown with like some blonde in it and it's like complete big side swooping fringe she looks like remember like kelly from saved by the bell or something like that's the yes. style i couldn't believe it you would never recognize her Stop. it's crazy i'll send it to you after this oh i don't even God. think i would it's recognize not the her same woman. Like, no bangs even if she had like yeah true hair, i don't think i would recognize her no bangs i just keep seeing you know, the guys we've the birthday cake pop up Oh, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have we ever told you the story about when we met her? Have we no. ever told you that story? It's actually it's really funny. So we like you know the big Covent Garden boots? Yeah. I love that boot, yes. right? We went there at lunch and we were like just you know, that was a big lunchtime activity for us in the old office. <laughs> and we got there and there was a queue yeah. for something. We were like, oh, what's the queue for? And it was Claudia Winkleman like promoting her like eyeliner line, like her new makeup line. So we got in the queue. We literally took like a two-hour lunch break to do this. We stayed in the queue. <laughs> she did our makeup. We honestly looked ridiculous. Like I've never looked so ridiculous in my life. And then she just like she loved Ellie so much. She just like slipped this lipstick into her pocket. <laughs> and like it was just wow. uh, she was iconic, like an absolute icon. And then we got back so, sorry, to the office did, and I'll Did you get the like, full liner? Did you get the full liner done? Like, yeah. 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 No. I will send we, the pictures to you because no. it, it's the light pink lipstick. Did you get a light pink lipstick when it goes? Like it was coral, it was like a bright coral. You still got color. it? Yeah, I think I have still got it. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny when we walked back into the office and our boss was sort of looking at us like something's different. Like I can't figure out what. And we were like, we just met Claudia oh, Winkleman. She gave us a makeover, like casual Tuesday lunchtime. <laughs> Sorry, we've been two hours on our lunch, but it makes me not worth it. It was so funny. Yeah, so worth it. Um, also, I implore you to look at. There's a thread that someone created on Twitter. I still call it Twitter. I'm not calling it X because that's stupid. Um, where someone had likened each traitor's cast member to a character in Shakespeare, and it's honestly fantastic. So we have Hamlet as our Ross, 
Um, we have Mercutio mm. as Anthony, which I thought was amazing because he did leave with like a plague on all your houses, and then he did the <laughs> seven one seven one, which was great. Um, I can't remember who they said was Iago. Like it was, it was honestly fantastic, and we genuinely have gone from like Othello to Hamlet in how this is all sort of played out. <laughs> so like, I've popped a link in our chat, but when you've got a bit of time later, go through it because I was like, Chef's kiss this person. Chef's kiss. <laughs> Drama gold. Yeah. Yeah. And who it's knew amazing. that we could relate the traitors to Shakespeare? I mean, this is a book podcast after birthday all. Party. Like, I just feel like it would be so fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm just obsessed. I want to come as Diane. Oh my god. <laughs> you know what else? What, do you know what else we've been watching? We started watching, or no, sorry, we yeah. did watch um, Society of the Snow. Have you watched it on Netflix? No, tell me more because I've never heard about this. Oh, guys, have you heard of the Uruguayan plane crash in the 1970s? No, I know. Oh, okay, so there was a Uruguayan either, rugby team. Yeah, poor okay. Ella knew nothing. I had heard of it. Me and my housemate, we had heard of it and knew like bits of the story, but didn't know the details. But basically, this Uruguayan rugby team were on a plane from. Uruguay to Chile and um it crashed in the Andes and well do we well do we actually spoil it do we tell them what happened maybe not I don't know Uh, Ella what do you think I don't know whether to spoil it or not but it it, it's (laughs) we we do have to put like a bit of a caution like it is a bit of a it does get quite dark but like the cinematography of the film it's on Netflix right but it's amazing oh. like it's incredible like okay. they actually filmed, it is beautiful like, crash sites um and then they filmed in like this like massive like mountain range in spain and it's just literally about like this rugby team and how they i don't know sort of like battle their way basically how they survive yeah yeah but they survive. It's, like, incred- it's incredible well, like i can't even tell you like i don't want to give too much more away but like what i would say is watch okay, it okay. And don't read anything about it um Okay. Yeah, maybe just like prep yourself. Some of them have survived. That I I will tell you that much. That is okay. Oh my god, what? (laughs) Yeah, because I know some of them did survive. Okay. Yeah, they had to do. I'm kind of scared of flying anyway. So, like, will I be more scared? Yes, you afterwards. Maybe. Okay. Maybe I'll enjoy. It's a it's a fascinating thing, like. The things that you have to like we do become primitive when we have to fight for survival and i know mm. like the traitors sounds like a very far-fetched manufactured way of doing that but then when you also look at like this show too like the things that you have to do to be able to survive like that whole sort of camaraderie teamwork thing goes to the side mm. when and it becomes very much like an i think we're fascinating fascinating creatures we are as humans you know because we are at the end of the day we become primitive um we are who we are we are animals you revert back right Mm. very fascinating yeah yeah 100 it it does it yeah do because it it surprises you but yeah it's it's you know in so many ways it it is about camaraderie but also just about Mm. like making these really difficult decisions that you would never make in any other circumstance it's just being pushed to literally the very very brink of like what you will do to to survive and by any means necessary so yeah we'll leave you on that 
back to the fire. Love it. I feel like um yeah, maybe it'll be one to like watch friends afterwards or something. I always have to do that. Yeah. I watched Saltburn on Friday and then I had to put oh. an episode of Friends on because I was like just on edge. Like I wasn't scared, obviously it was a little scary, but I was just on edge the whole time I was watching it. And then it was like midnight. I was like, I can't go to bed. Like I need something relaxing before I go to bed. Switch so, off yeah, mind. Yeah, although I think the last yeah. scene did that for me. <laughs> Yeah. Mm. That was enough for you. <laughs> yeah, no, you well, always needed that last yeah. scene, didn't you? To like be like, oh, okay, right. <laughs> this is fun yeah. now. He does have quite a nice band, <laughs> doesn't he? Like, last year. Yeah, that song is, he does. lives in my head right now. It's like been there for too long. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I wasn't really expecting that to be, because I hadn't, I'd only watched it on Friday, obviously, and I knew that the song had like, was really popular because of the film. And like, I kind of forgot while I was watching the film. And then when that scene came on, I was like, oh, okay. I was not expecting that to be the reason why the song's really popular. But yeah. yeah. I heard that like, yeah. half of that, or like that scene was all improv as well. I'm almost sure. Um, that like Emerald Fennel not that just one. like yeah. said to him like, the grave one? Was the one graveyard one, The grave one. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, okay. Which... okay. That's a bit more questionable. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I know. It's like, what? <laughs> that was uh, like, um, okay. Uh, yeah, what does that <laughs> say about him? I don't know. <laughs> He's just really horny. Need to let release. <laughs> yeah, what does that say about him? Well, sure. yeah. anyway. <laughs> Anyways. And um, what else have you been getting up to? Um, you said, are you are you going away this weekend? I think we said, yeah. like, offline. Yeah, we're actually going okay. away to Paris, which um, I'm so excited about. I booked it actually for Grace's birthday, which I feel so bad about, but her birthday was in June and we're going in January. <laughs> so that feels like a lifetime ago. <laughs> we're going to milk her birthday for all it's worth. <laughs> so we're going on Friday morning. Um, and then, yeah, we're, we get back on Monday. So... Yeah, so looking forward oh, to it. Oh, nice. But you guys were Have just recently in Paris as well, right? Yes, we were, which was really nice. We did it for like a day in and out but it was it was perfect. It was actually like, it was like a nice autumn day. We did like, we just did lots of walking, lots of the cafe culture, sit in, have the wine, don't like that kind of we stuff. We got and... really drunk on the Eurostar on the way home. I don't really know why. <laughs> It's a bit silly, but it was really fun. <laughs> so yeah, it feels nicer getting yeah, drunk on a train than a plane. That's my that's my hot take. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but, no, it was good. Do you have any You'll recommendations? Have a really nice time. Where we've kind of put ourselves onto a bit of like a, a book ban on like not reading but buying <laughs> because our to be read pile, okay. I cannot tell you, like it's just growing. I can't. It's We've read like four of the books on this bookshelf. (laughs) Oh wow! Four down, a hundred more to go. We have the same problem. (laughs) Are you going to go to Shakespeare and Company? We went went there last time we were there. um, Oh okay. Yeah. So, but I keep hearing a lot about a bookshop called OFR. So mm. might go and check that out. But again, just to browse. I definitely you walk in, you walk around, 
you walk back out again. Go yeah, in, sniff like the that. box, in, inhale it all in, yeah. and just get out but of there. Are you not allowed to buy a book because you're on holiday? Like as a no. souvenir? No, no. Really? Don't tempt her. Secrets? You no. could buy us a present. <laughs> I love the discipline. Yeah, okay, but yeah we could do that. Discipline. We could do that. Yeah, it's Reese's discipline. It's not mine. So bank account. I mean, I'll just buy it. <laughs> January bank account. What I love is that you're. No. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, I walked into Dawn um, last week on my lunch break, and I li- I was like, I'm not going. I'm just going to go in. I'm going to walk around and I'm going to walk back out again. I'm not going to buy anything. And we got so close to buying a book, and then I looked at my bank account. And I went, nope. Put it back and walk out. Couldn't do it. To be fair, fair play to you. Very good. Oh, well that is a good it. to check your bank account when you're in there like fuck no okay alright <laughs> <laughs> it was funny because like, we, we've been on the book ban since like you know because we bought each other books for Christmas so post that right. is when the book ban came into place but Ella rang me okay. then because we both went home for Christmas but she was obviously in Lisbon and I was in Kildare so she rang me and she was like so I know that we're on a book ban but I went into Oxfam and the books are just so cheap in there. <laughs> so she just bought books, but cheap ones. <laughs> That's cheap fair one enough. Thing. Like that book is asking to be bought. That's you know? basically <laughs> free. It's basically free. Well, if I go homing it. Exactly. Exactly. It's so. 60p to reserve a book at my local library. So it's only like just over double that, you know? Yeah, but you can you can take them out if it, for free. But if you want to like reserve one so that you like if you know it's there and you want to go and get it, oh, you okay. have to pay like before you get it. Yeah, interesting. Still not into that at all. Sixty p. Steep. Wow. Charity shop bookshops. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, honestly, it's the way to go. It's very don't encourage us. We don't need Save any encouragement. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But yeah, but we're gonna talk about a book today. Which I actually did get from the library. Can I just say that's <gasps> brilliant? And did you Ellie, pay you to reserve it? I, well, <clears throat> no, I didn't. Well, I did pay to reserve it, but it took so long for it to be available that I actually borrowed the book that Kath borrowed from the library. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Nice. <laughs> so I, I owe the library sixty yeah. p. I think I was like, hey, please make sure you give it back on time, because otherwise I'm going to get fined. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, actually, oh my God, no, I need to tell you, I need to tell you this story. Oh my God, sorry, I'm speaking right. over you. But basically, no, no, when no, no, I was no, younger, we we took it, like, I signed up for my local library. When I say younger, I was in primary school, so maybe like nine, went to the local library um myself and my sisters and we went and like got some books out and stuff I don't know how my mom never brought us back to like bring the books back so months went by like potentially a year and then went back to like give the books back and like shame like pure and utter shame and then we were never allowed to borrow from the library again Oh no! <laughs> oh, they just straight cut you. They said no, never again. Yeah, I didn't even give you I like just... a not, not even two strikes. They said you ran up a bill. No. <laughs> yeah, you're you're done. I think the probably the fines were too high to be paid, so they just struck us off. Oh. 
Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus. My goodness. That's hilarious. Wow. I wonder if it was a lifetime. Well, there you go. I won't be lending you my library book. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. That is what though. That's hilarious. Uh, we've all got yeah, stories. Fair, the I've actually moved. Actually, though, when they sp- it, a couple of people brought that up in book club of like it was like quite hard to get their hands on this book like physically mm, like in it, shops yeah. so I think mm. that's probably like a little bit I don't know like disappointing like I bought the book in the airport like months ago um mm. but yeah so I hope mm. maybe I don't know maybe they'll do another release or something I don't know how it works yeah maybe I... they haven't got it actively printed at the moment which mm. is silly but I randomly came across it in TK Maxx because I remember, and maybe I text you, Kath, I was like, oh, yeah. it's here. And then I thought, well, no, I'm going to borrow it from the library. I'm not gonna, I was like, I'm not paying for this because I couldn't. Um, I'm going to actually use make use of my library card. But yeah, that was like a really random place to come across it, I thought. Well, like, all the books. But is- it's also random that it was in the library because every time we have a book club book, I try and get it from the library first. And it's, I can never get it. I can never get the book. But then Mother Mother was there, like, really easily. And Ellie almost got it from her library as well. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. Weird. <laughs> oh, God. Almost being the key word. Um, which is um, actually, the key word here actually is Mother Mother. That is the book we're going to talk about. Mother Mother by Annie McManus, also known as Annie Mac, the DJ, if you've ever heard of her. Um <laughs> And it was suggested by Ella and Grace for our book club, um, which we call Books at the Bar at Work because we read books and we meet at the bar to discuss them. Uh, <laughs> any, any place to discuss a book. So I feel like I'm going to choke on my spit. Maybe, Kath, if you can read the summary, please. I'm going to, like, cough off camera. Okay. Um, Mother, Mother is a powerful coming-of-age novel and an intimate family study. It's about finding light in dark places and it examines the cost of unconditional love. Mary grew up longing for information about the mother she never knew, who died suddenly when Mary was only a baby. Her brother Sean was barely old enough to remember and their father numbed his pain with drink. Now, age 35, Mary has lived in the same house her whole life. She's never left Belfast. She has a son, TJ, who's about to turn 18 and is itching to see more of the world. One Saturday morning, TJ wakes up to find his mother gone. He doesn't know where or why, but he's the only one who can help find her. Mother Mother takes us down the challenging road of Mary's life while following TJ's increasingly desperate search for his mother as he begins to understand what has led her to this point. This is a gritty, affecting novel about family, grief, addiction and motherhood. And I ask the question, if you spend your life giving everything to the ones you love, do you risk losing yourself along the way? Which is an excellent summary. I did not write it. I took it from Waterstone's website. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. Why do you guys start by telling us why you wanted us to read the book for a book club? Like, why did you like it? What what made you recommend it to us, etc. Grace, do you want to? Well, I suppose you read it first, so you were kind of my recommendation mm-hmm. to yeah. it first. <laughs> True. So Ella actually bought the book. So we ha- we just had it on the shelf. And I listened to Annie Mac's podcast, Changes, which I love. I just think she's such an excellent conversationalist. So I thought likely the book would be thoughtful and well written. So um, yeah, I was definitely keen to to read it. We 
um, I ended up booking the wrong flight home. Ella and I were in Hania in Crete and I booked like the wrong flight home. So we were feeling a bit like kind of quiet and just needed a bit of time to ourselves when we actually did get traveling. So I picked up the book and I started reading it um, while we were waiting in the airport for our flight. And then I finished it by the time we got back to the UK. So like literally within the day, I just like devoured it. I just, it's it's interesting, right? Because obviously like we'll get into it a bit more, but it's a really heavy topic, right? It gets quite grim. There's, you know, themes of addiction, loss, um, all of those things, but it's just put together in such a digestible way. Like I just, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I really, really loved it. That's kind of my two cents. And then Elle, I think you read it pretty shortly after me, did you? Or or maybe maybe we put it forward for book club before and then you read it for book club. Yeah, no, it was actually even funnier than that, that Grace had spoken about the book and she was like, this is actually all about Belfast. Like, do you realise? And I was like, no. And I just sort of like piqued my interest sort of straight away because I do think I sort of like search for that a little bit being in London of just like feeling a connection to home a little bit, especially with like fiction and um a lot of Irish books are all set in Dublin or west of Ireland and not a lot are written like in Belfast so yeah immediately piqued my interest and as I went to home reader I was actually flying back to Belfast and I got home and my mum's like an avid reader as well and I said like oh Grace like absolutely love this book and it's by Annie Mack and she actually just took it off me and just read it in one whole night and the next morning again she was like I read the whole book and I was crying my eyes out at like half two in the morning and you need to read this and I was like oh I was planning on it but you took it off me so so at that stage I had already got like two pretty strong recommendations and then yeah I just kind of thought especially with the book club like um we hadn't really explored like Irish authors really um well I I think we have read one by an Irish author before but yeah nothing really that's like Belfast set um so I just thought maybe it would be an interesting topic to bring to the group as well um so yeah that was kind of my initial thoughts on bringing it to book club nice yeah and it was it everyone everyone inhaled it it was like such an easy easy book to read even though the subject content is very very heavy um Mm. it keeps you like in the pages until you get to the very end it's very moving and, and emotional so I'm really glad that you did both bring it's sorry excuse me <laughs> bring it to to us for for book club because everyone had a lot to say even if they did love it or didn't it, it was a mixed bag um but we are a very hard group so <laughs> <laughs> that's that's nothing on anyone else um but uh it's not yes yeah, nothing on your suggestion it's a very tough book club like nothing survives um <laughs> but, <laughs> but um but it, everyone had something to say. Everyone learned something when they walked away from it. And that's why I just, like, I absolutely loved it, especially the bits pertaining to Belfast, because for me, that probably didn't resonate so much um, because we have a very poor history, at least here in England, where we don't very much learn about Northern Ireland. And therefore, we, it doesn't hit in the ways that maybe it should do. Um, maybe if we all had that history because I learned about Northern Ireland in history when I did GCSE but how can you cover something so vast so complicated so complex 
in in a term you know it's not the same so to have your input to go oh my god I know the street that they're talking about um yes as a Protestant or a Catholic you couldn't go here or there like it was it was good to hear and then just the story itself um was just very like heartbreaking um Mm. because you feel the isolation um as she gets older um creeping in so yeah yeah I actually read it all in one sitting as well, pretty much. I think because I didn't want to take it. I was going somewhere and I had the hard back. I didn't want to take it with me. So I was like, I have to finish it before I leave. (laughs) And um, yeah, so I read it in the same way, which is interesting. But um, I agree, Grace, about what you said about how it was really heavy topics, but really digestible and really easy to read. Because I sometimes find like if you're reading a really heavy topic and the book's quite hard to read, it's really, really hard to get through. And it almost puts you off reading it. Well, as I really enjoyed how like easy and accessible the book was, like as well as discussing deeper themes. It wasn't just like an, you know, like often easy to read books are like romance or a thriller or whatever. Um, I liked that it had that sort of easy to read style, but with these themes, um, which I don't think everybody likes about it actually, but I really liked that personally. Yeah, yeah I wonder how much of well. that actually comes down to. Um, I'm sorry, we're, we're lagging again. Um, oh, I think we've got a no, lot. I, I just wonder how much. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Um, yeah, I think I wonder how much of that comes down to the structure of the book and the fact that it's kind of chronicled like Mary, TJ present, Mary past, TJ present, Mary past, and this kind of you know breaking it into smaller pieces and really tj's parts aren't they're not super heavy like he he's thinking he's sad he's stressed he's you know trying to um find his mom and stuff but really it's it's mary's parts that hold all of the weight and i wonder had it just been uh, a book where it was mostly just centered around her life and didn't have those elements of like the tj present um i think it would have been so much harder to get through like even the second time round, I just found it so heartbreaking. Like really, just kind of hard. Yeah, hard to hard to hear and hard to imagine that that's someone's life. But actually, it's so many people's lives and so many people's experiences. Especially, you know, that element of addiction in Ireland, and you know, people being leaned on to take care of an entire family and to. Um, step into into traditional gender roles within a home and all of those kinds of things just yeah tough to tough to hear but um I think Annie just put it so well I, I really loved how she she structured it yeah yeah I think I read actually someone say um kind of exactly what you had said Grace of like making the sort of this story like as part of what's considered to be a bit maybe more of a norm you know like that sort of like loneliness um you know like the addiction issues that are going on but still made her story feel really unique um you know at the same time so it was like and they kind of also were talking about the fact that she didn't really spoon feed too much of the emotion that you were meant to feel right with with like um with what she was saying and I think quite a few people in book club didn't really like that you know I think a lot of it was left up to your interpretation um listening to it and that's what I really really loved about it was it was very matter of fact um which I thought was the the easier digestible parts of it you know so um Mm. I really enjoyed the book like throughout the whole thing I I, like 
I thought her writing like as a debut as well I thought it was great um and definitely makes me want to read more I know that she's got a new book out but um I think that's non-fiction but I'd love to see like what other work she comes out fiction wise um because I just really enjoyed her style of writing I know a lot of people had gripes with no quotation marks for speech that doesn't really bother me that much but I know a few people were like oh no I couldn't get my head around it I was like oh come on like I thought it was pretty yeah I, I I feel like everything I've read recently has had no quotation marks but I'm so used to it not having them that then if I do come across some text that does have them I'm gonna be like what the fuck is this um, <laughs> yeah. but it wasn't like I don't feel like it was jarring that it didn't have that actually no um, which I actually I, didn't remember that no as a me as neither a point, yeah but actually normally I hate that <laughs> Like normally, I'm like against like. Maybe it was you that was giving out about it, Kat. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? I think when I read um, "Girl, Woman, Other," the punctuation in that book just irritates the hell out of me. So it wasn't that bad. So maybe that's why. (laughs) (laughs) That's where to set the standard. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, so addiction is like a big theme in the book. Um, Do you think that? that that the book does it well do you think that it could have been more explored like because I know Ella you're saying like how she doesn't spoon feed it to you how you're meant to feel like is that do you think so she do you think that she touches on it the right amount or like what what do you think about that I did personally think it was enough with what I didn't think she needed to take it too much further I mean I think there's always opportunity to take it further but I didn't think there was a need for it like there was so many other topics Mm. as well to explore that there was still like a certain lightness you know that was kind of throughout the book like I felt in certain ways with certain characters that were involved that were sort of there you know like with the neighbor for example to sort of break it up a little bit Mm -hmm. um which I really enjoyed um but yeah I thought she touched on it enough in in my opinion anyway Mm. um yeah I think so. Yeah. What did you think? I, I think sorry, sometimes I'm, it can... I'm, I'm... I don't Can have I anything to say. No, sorry, because I'm going to confuse it with something else I've read recently, so I'm just going to keep <laughs> shut. I'm going to confuse the plot points. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I thought she... I thought she she touched on it just enough. Like, I think... Yeah, sometimes when it's when things are too descriptive it's it's almost too much mm. for people to to bear when reading and like really her life was filled with so many like disappointments betrayals losses and that element of addiction like okay maybe she didn't talk about it on every page or every chapter but it did permeate every moment of her life and that's actually because I I listened mm. to I listened to it um for like I read it for the first time and then I listened to it again before we came on here and that was something that struck me actually was just you know from the very first pages when she is describing like her dad and Sean's relationship her brother um mm. to obviously like mm. towards the end when we find out like what happens with her her dad and her brother how their lives play out like every single moment is dictated by that and you wonder like also the fact that she didn't i think you know obviously t- later on in the book when she's assaulted um you kind of 
think how much of that could have been avoided if she had a parent who was more present and a parent who, you know, would have conversations with her around consent and, you know, how, how, what life is like when you grow up and how to kind of communicate. There was no communication in her life, you know, with, with her parent, obviously her mom had died and she was just really missing that. So while, okay, it's not every moment that they're discussing addiction, all of these moments, all of these emotions are then dictated by it. You know, it's, it's so ever present throughout the whole thing for me. Mm. Yeah. I think you've articulated that really well. Like I agree. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was very good. Like, well done. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Sorry. I don't know why I said that. Um, <laughs> um, I would say then that I think when, because she, she has a friendship with, and I forget the name as I do, because I forget everyone's Louise. names. Um, we always forget the names. Louise. Yeah. Always. Yeah. <laughs> when, when that... Um, when she loses that friendship I think you really feel that because that was like um a connection to some sort of normalcy what like a family dynamic could look like so I think every time something happens and she experiences loss you you feel that you I think Annie Mac has a really good way of making you feel that loss with her because when you eventually get to her breaking point and she has two of them even though I think the first one is only sort of touched upon um the first time around when she has like postpartum um where was I going with the sentence (laughs) I went here um I think like you really feel the loss with Louise and that connection to normalcy because that was the only Mm. sort of bridge she had to what things could be like or I could that Louise's mother was like such a figurehead for her um I think and how how she would navigate things but she she lost that I've forgotten what I was going to say I think it's really sad that she loses that friendship. Like that that part of it was like obviously not even like nearly the saddest part of the book, but I still found that really, really upsetting for her. I just think that friendship was so important for her life, and it just she's just so much more isolated after that friendship. Yeah, it's like they were like her only support system. Yeah, like throughout the whole book, like you're just like really like just wanting her to like almost just like become part of that family you want like really to just like take her into the house and like you know say to her like you don't have to go back and you know look after your dad and you want someone to just like scoop her up and just look after and then but for Louise and Ray to just even show her that like yeah as you said like the normalcy around like affection and you know sort of it kind of really hit for me listening to the audiobook of you know she was really observing their relationship of them having massive arguments one day and the next morning they'd be laughing in the kitchen having breakfast together and it was like it was nothing whereas for her it was like arguments that would go on for days and there was never a moment of relief of waking up the next day and things Mm. were you know fine um so I think yeah I actually thought that was like really devastating when she lost that friendship and even lost that relationship with Louise's mum because I felt like that was such an important separate relationship as well so yeah um, I just felt for her so much when she really needs someone you know I just did that exact time felt like every time she got burnt she retreated a little bit more so 
Yeah. Like she'd touch the poker, she'd get burnt, she'd be treated until she really was just then in the shell and there was like nothing, nothing there. And that's when she's like floating in the sea, like at breaking point, lost her mind. Um, Completely. Just felt. Yeah. And I think it, make, it makes sense. Like, it. you know, yeah. It, yeah, it's you kind of think, of course, she's come to this point, you know, look at everything that's happened in her life, you know, from losing her mom losing you know her friendship with louise then losing her brother quite early on you know like yeah. she had this really strong bond with him and i guess all some sort of trauma bond obviously with siblings like you're very close anyway well at least you tend to be um but they had this this bond it was just two of them against the world like they lost their mom their dad was you know against them in some sense but they had each other and like even when when um, I think didn't he not walk her all the way to school or something like they used to get used to walk to school together and then one day he just was he kind of abandoned her halfway and and that was it and that was a, that was the real start and that was the disintegration of that relationship and it just continued to snowball but her she just had this unwavering support for him you know I think that's a really interesting point about the book is just how no matter how badly she's treated she just continues to play that role and to be the support giver to look after her dad to look after her brother like and why does it fall on her it's it's an, it's just crazy yeah yeah and all the male figures around her as well like there is like a sense of disappointment um you know with like every single mm. one and it's like with her brother she almost like heroes him a little bit <clears throat> sorry but like heroes him out of any of the male characters in her life you know it's like kind of whenever it starts you kind of realize Sean can sort of do no wrong in her eyes and it, like even when it kind of comes to the head when you know he has that altercation with Danny and you know everything happens there mm. there is still that within her where she just wants to defend him and she, because I think he's the only person in her life that she's really I don't know had sort of like an unconditional love for um, with her dad it seems to be a little bit more she gets burnt so many times that she can you can feel her like pulling away from her dad immediately I you know I don't remember one page where you really feel that she has a real longing or not even she does obviously have the longing but she's never had that connection with him to begin with um you know to to go back mm -hmm. to so it's like it mm. is so sad as well whenever he just leaves her and she has to get the bus but um yeah, yeah. I think the Sean character I don't like, like how you get yeah. I like how you get TJ's perspective on him as well, a little bit. Like, he's sort of, like, makes comments about how his mum, like, just supports him endlessly and he's a bit like he doesn't want to go see his uncle and stuff like that. Um, I think that, like, adds quite a lot to their, like, relationship and understanding it. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure yeah absolutely I and I think it just it goes to kind of show that there's just so much context that can be missing like things I think it, it kind of just shows things aren't always as they seem so to TJ he's just looking and thinking like god like your brother is just a bit of a waster and he he doesn't do anything for you this is not a reciprocal relationship what are you mm -hmm. getting from this but she did have that love when nobody like nobody else could give it to her when she was younger she did have that protection someone who would literally beat someone to a pulp for her because mm -hmm you know that was the relationship that they had but that's obviously missing later on in life but it's just an it's an interesting point i think to consider mm. 
I feel like she sheltered him a lot, TJ, um, yeah. a lot from the emotional side of those relationships. Obviously, he could see everything play out physically, but I, the disconnect for him is not having that emotional understanding as to why she exactly. still goes out on the limb for her brother and her, her father, even if they don't ever reciprocate that back. Because she also doesn't tell him the full truth about his parentage like his father because one she has to deal with the trauma that comes with the sexual assault but well yeah um when that happens but then I don't think she she never really she doesn't really deal with that in hand and I think it's easy for her to go okay this happened I'm going to put in a box I'm going to put it over here and I'm just going to pretend that he's in New York and that's the easiest way to deal with it without really thinking about the ramifications of okay you've got a child but this child actually might will one day have questions about his father and whether you like it or not um Mm. they're gonna he's gonna want answers so it's like a hard thing but she has to go through that herself as well I think seeing Danny for the first time also sent her triggered her as well there's like a few things that happened that triggered her right um yeah before Mm. she sort of got to her final like straw before yeah yeah so yeah it just reminds me her dad was he was an alcoholic right yeah yeah is that his thing yeah and did he fall into that after her mother died or was he always an alcoholic i don't believe that just that that was clear yeah okay i'm not sure i don't know i think it was she's like three doesn't she yeah, quite young. But I, I do think that it was something that was getting progressively worse. Because remember, wasn't there a point oh. where he went on Christmas Day and like herself and Sean looked at each other and she was like, is that place even open like on, on Christmas Day? Like, what, how has he gone to the pub on Christmas Day? So I think that was kind of an escalation there. I think it was something that was like progressively worse. Yeah. Yeah. But actually, you see, Ellie, just on what you'd said of, you know, sort of sheltering him. I also think like yeah. the massive like layer on top of all this, which, you know, they don't delve into, which I actually thought it was really, really like smart. It's just like that whole added layer of her like living through the troubles. Like she's lived through like this yes. really traumatic like culture, right? Like of where, you know, where she's from, you know, um, in Belfast as well. You know, I the way I see it anyway is TJ, it's very normal, you know, for um kids to be sheltered from that like you know I would never have really sat down when I was younger with my parents and asked them <clears throat> you know what was it like or even when you did you could never wrap your head around how life actually was you know I remember my mum saying to me things like when you walked in the shopping centre you know it was just very normal for there to be you know officers patting you down as you went into you know a shopping centre and or you know walking through metal detectors when you'd got to school or you know being pulled over at the side when you're on your school bus and police are having to check under your bus for bombs you know it's like they tell you all these stories but like you never will ever really understand the impact and also how they just lived with it Mm. kind of I I don't want to mention Dairy Girls every time an Irish book comes up but they do it so well in that of adding that lightness of you know, they just think that's just so normal, you know, that there's just officers with massive guns just walking around their streets and they kind of laugh it off, you know, almost. But she's never really told him that side of things. And there's like little references. I think she says something about when she's obviously working in the parks and she says she likes the sound of like the strimmer 
um, because it kind of blocks everyone else out. And she says it reminds her of like the helicopters that she heard just when she was a child. And it's like little tiny things that are all just like trauma building like throughout her whole life on top of all of these really, really terrible and awful things that are happening to her. And he just will never be able to understand that. You yeah. know, so as much as she... And it makes sense why she shelters him from it because why would she ever want him to know, you know, or have to live mm. through anything like that? Um, but yeah, it's just, I think it's very, very smart the way Annie Mack does it where, you know, she doesn't, it's not a troubles book. It's not sitting and, you know, um, having to delve into really the intricacies of it all. But I think it's enough anyway. Um, and it's a good soundboard, I think, for people to walk away from the book and really like look into that story more and educate themselves and understand it a little bit more. Um, it adds a whole new meaning I think to the book totally yeah like yeah. there was a wasn't there a soldier as well that like stopped her and Louise when they were super young like maybe they were somewhere between nine and 13 and started asking them really inappropriate questions about like their underwear and just like stuff like that so it just feels like you know every that's just another male you know that she comes across in her life that is just disappointing but as you said with that added layer of living through the troubles and and the consequences of that hmm. because this book was set in the that part of Mar mary mary yeah, yeah yeah that part of her story is set in the the 90s right so the 90s mm. 80s 90s um and then we pick up with them in the, I would say what is it the noughties 2010s yeah can't remember with TJ sure. um as he turns like 18 or so like so 18 yeah, years 18, later yeah. um so yeah that's quite like I think she does that really well I think for me that it was maybe this references were maybe a little too subtle I think that's what actually came out of the book club because um I think like it's top of mind it's not it's top of mind but I don't think it was deep really until you were like no guys and then we're like oh yeah actually yeah that makes so much more sense like obviously that's the case um but I really enjoyed it and yeah not to bring up Dairy Girls but they it does do yeah. it very well I think I'd yeah. actually just read um Trespassers by Louise Kennedy like maybe a month beforehand which is like set in Belfast in Troubles and I feel like that gave a lot of like really like um like it explained a lot of what was going on and then after I read that book I like was sort of much more aware and then mm. read this book quite soon afterwards so I feel like I had the context from a book that I'd read previously so I, I think I said that at the time Ellie that you should read mm -hmm. Trespassers because yeah. it's, it's really good but it's very 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 different in a lot of ways but deals with a lot of very similar themes but in a very different way so yeah but it's still a really good book but um, a, a lot um a lot more intense like it doesn't have the lightheartedness of this um mm. have you guys read I, I need to read that as well i need to read that because grace and i actually went to an exhibition was it um it was last year i can't even remember what month it was um and is it terrible i can't even remember where it was <laughs> but it was all it was in the imperial well, but, um, museum that's what it was the imperial war museum and they were doing like um like an exhibition on the troubles as well but grace and i had kind of like spoken about it as well if i've kind of only really like in my adulthood will you say really had to like seek education and knowledge as well on on the troubles you know it's like mm -hmm. i think there is a big assumption of like everyone from northern ireland you know kind of knows it 
you know, from start to finish. And it's just kind of not really the case. There's so many stories like to be told. And it's, I just think it's so important. I'm really, really trying to like um, get my knowledge up to a place as well. Cause I just want to have an understanding, you know, more so um, yeah, from, from every side that there is. And I thought that exhibition actually did it really, really yeah. well. Um, you know, where it was like every story that they told um, or every image that they showed, there was a depiction there was um, a comment from a Protestant side and a Catholic side. And I just thought that was super interesting. But um, yeah, I do totally know what you mean of whenever it was definitely lighter on this side of things. Um, but yeah, I know that there's there's a show actually, Once Upon a Time in Northern Ireland. I haven't watched it yet, but so many people have told me it's like amazing. I think it was on BBC. And I think Once okay. Upon a Time is like, um, it, I think it's documentary. Um, but they pick different cities or not cities, sorry, different countries or different areas um, to focus on. And they did a Northern Ireland one last year. And I think it's got nominated for a few BAFTAs and stuff. So that's my next thing on my watch for Northern Ireland related history. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Yeah, it's funny because that that um, exhibition actually did reveal so much. I think, yeah, maybe with our generation, like I'm 28, you're 29, we've got enough context because of our parents let's say so for example my granddad was a guard which is the um police in the republic of ireland and so he was um police in the republic of ireland at the time and i remember my mom saying when like when i was much younger and we'd touch on these things in history class and i'd come home and be like wow like I didn't know that this happened and my mom would say yeah like I was terrified when your granddad would go up to Northern Ireland for work because we didn't know if he'd come home because he's a Catholic he's from the Republic he has different you know reg plates and that kind of thing and that's how serious it was at that time um but it, it's it's funny as we as we inch further away from it it's yeah, we don't have as much context I think and and people want to forget I think people want to just think like that's really really heavy like let's not dive into it too much and it's a funny one because I, I think a lot of my friends would be quite flippant about it in ways or would kind of joke about it like when Ella and I first got together like because I'm from you know just outside Dublin I was like raised a Catholic um just because church and um church and state are not really separated in the Republic of Ireland. So I went to a Catholic school, was raised Catholic, and then Ella went to a Protestant school. So there was this whole kind of joke about, oh, like, look at the Catholic and the Protestant together. And it, while it can be a bit of a joke, it's like, wow, that was like not so long ago when that just couldn't happen. Like that was a totally outrageous thing. Um, and yeah, I think yeah. it's easy like, to, yes, to forget that that's in such that recent history. That's what they were calling it. Yeah. Mixed such recent history such yeah. recent history like yeah you think what was it like the late 90s is it do we come at is that the ending of that period of the troubles yeah ending of the period uh, i would say like early 90s so it's really yeah, not that long more ago, so early 90s no not at all like kind of almost within our lifetime like i'm 95 yeah. um yeah mm. yeah when was, was the when was the northern ireland peace agreement which was the year yeah. I was born. Um, so yeah, like, sorry, the Good like Friday so Agreement was 1998. That's not very, it's not long at all. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Really crazy. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. yeah, it's like, I just think it's, 
yeah, like bringing it back to the book anyway, I just thought it was, yeah, I, I do think there's, uh, you know, there's an understanding why she sheltered him. But I think there's so much that he mm-hmm. just, as you say, he doesn't know, like, and he doesn't understand and he yeah. won't understand, like, really ever. Um, yeah, and like, even I was saying to Grace, so if, it was actually interesting listening to it on the audiobook. I digested things almost like kind of differently. But, you know, the frustration that you feel as well when she, you know, was obviously going to tell him about Danny and he's gonna she, you know he's she's yes. finally gonna reveal to TJ that like you know he has been here and the frustration that you feel where you think like please tell him but also please don't tell him because it would traumatize him mm. but at the same time like he is gonna worship this guy and thinks he's like amazing and you know again she has to take that you know the brunt of that of saying yeah we'll contact him for you and it's like you know kind of goes back to what you said Grace of like why does it always fall on her you know he's like also an adult at that stage you know although a young adult but you know asking his mum saying can you please get in contact with him for me and it's just like heartbreaking again that she's given so much to him his whole life Mm -hmm. and yet he still seeks like his dad he still wants you know answers from him he still wants to have a relationship there and you just think if only you knew you know like what she's had to go through you wouldn't want anything to do with him you know but that's the thing he doesn't know because she does shelter him so much so why wouldn't he ask those questions you know it's just pure curiosity and yeah you kind of think has that spared him like by by saving that from him like I don't know people make decisions based on you know the facts they have at the time and the feelings and emotions that they have at the time and yeah I guess like every every choice is a valid one but um yeah you'd wonder kind of was that the right choice mm. to keep so much from him well she's trying to protect herself as, and protect him isn't she like as as a mother she's like I don't want him to know about that about how he came into the world and all that but then she's also I guess protecting herself because that's like her trauma that she has to live with every day and she doesn't want to have she doesn't want him necessarily to know and then have have it in the back of her head that it's now his as well like and he knows what's happened and I guess it's like her as a mother made that decision but then the fallout of making that decision like either if she told him it could have gone a completely different way but it could have been so much worse kind of thing true Um, yeah every decision has a consequence and and you just can't know what that is and is he the age that she was when she had him in the book or is she is he slightly older i can't remember how old she was i think she I was, think 18. She was 18 was it her 18th birthday yeah oh yeah okay then so she, he is a, he is the age that she was right yeah that yeah correct yeah i feel like that's got to be on purpose surely <laughs> yeah it's a common like as well like he just wouldn't be prepared you know if he was you know kind of thrusted into something like that where he was going to have a child you just start kind of led to believe yeah. that you know there's just sort of no way that he could he could do that you know where yeah oh. yeah also another yeah. thing that I just like it kept popping up for me I don't know if I was reading into it too much but was Mary queer was were Mary and Louise <laughs> was there something going on I don't know I don't know if I was reading into maybe it too much. I think maybe she was misunderstanding like affection in what Louise obviously meant it to be in a very sisterly way. But like there was a lot, I don't know, there was just like not so subtle things that Mary was obviously like feeling that did go beyond like a friendship, in my opinion anyway. Not that I'm seeking this to be a queer book, but like, 
That was just that was funny. <laughs> that definitely came up in You're book projecting. club though. Um, <laughs> yeah. She's projecting. She's projecting. That definitely came up um, as a possible theme. Um, I, I, I think know. Ella. I think Ella. You pointed out to me that they did make out, but I thought how to kiss. That. She yeah, did. but I completely missed that, that they actually kissed. So, Same. Mm. Yeah, for, well, on, on the first reading, so you know in Book Club when someone said it, someone was like, oh, you know, was it queer? I was like, what? What are you talking about? But <laughs> I wonder, was I so wrapped up in it that I just didn't really think about that? And I had forgotten that upon second listen. So then when I listened to the audiobook, there was a part where she was talking about practicing kissing like Louise liked to practice kissing on her and Mary said Mm -hmm. that she would stay in that room forever and so there was like this really I don't know maybe it was just like a lack of affection in her life and maybe a misunderstanding or but it it did seem upon second listen it did seem much stronger but I don't know was was it because I was kind of a little bit aware of maybe I kind of want to reread it Let's see. Yeah. I think I definitely you should. Need it. Yeah. yeah, I definitely I recommend. And also, guys, did you know Spotify has um on premium has like 15 hours of audiobook time on now? How good. Yes. Yeah. I I am a slave to Audible though, unfortunately. I don't know how to get Are you? the subscription. Um, but I do know that I have premium too, which is worse. So I, I'm paying for two subscriptions when I don't really need to be. Uh, it's just all yeah, my life. Yeah, you cancel that Audible, mate. Come on, <laughs> buy some books for your credits and get it cancelled. Yeah, yeah. I have like done Audible for ages. Yeah, well, I I don't think I'm really into audiobooks in general. Like I kind of was, I don't know, I was I was a bit against them when they first became a thing, but. Then I listened to this and I also listened to Yellowface recently and I started listening to oh. Paige, you know, Elliot Page's um, biography as well. Mm. Or Page Boy, I oh, think yeah. it's called. Um, Page Boy, yeah. And like, I am loving audiobooks. Wow. They're like podcasts, you know, but books. <laughs> you should listen to um, I'm Glad My Mum Died by Jeanette McCurdy. That <gasps> is an exception. I'll do that on audiobook. audiobook. Yeah, do it. Did she? Okay. Did she narrate? I listened to the later read. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Fab. Mm. I yeah. uh, listened to it and then I bought the book, and then went back through it when we had to do the episode. Like we reread it that way. I think um, I already. I, mean, I think I already own the book. Do it. Read. Read it. She's she's phenomenal mm. writer, and I amazing. Can't imagine how hard that would have been to have put that into words. Um when it's mm-hmm. your own life so yeah. yeah honestly probably one of the best memoirs i've ever re- read really yeah i also loved her in I'm I'm early. Okay. <laughs> yeah yeah we stand okay. on <laughs> i'm curious to know and i don't want to stray off too too quickly too soon unless there's other bits we wanted to talk about but what's yellow face like as um an audio listen because we read it but i'm curious to how it was to listen to it was interesting because I think it was one of the first audiobooks. I, I, ju- I, I literally just got into audiobooks in December, like right before Christmas. And so I actually had started listening to The Transgender Issue by Sean Fay, And I was loving that because it was a really nice like listen in the gym because it felt like really productive time, you know. And then I started listening to Yellowface and 
I kind of wasn't sure the I found the narrator a little bit annoying but then I was like I think she's just supposed to be annoying right like that's kind of the point is that she's yeah. this kind of unself-aware and um just very oh what's the word just selfish person right so I I think I don't know how much of that was an audiobook thing and how much of that was just that's the point that's the kind of person that she's supposed to be but I think actually the narrator did a good job of of getting that across and I'm not really sure why I I don't know as I was reading it I was trying to figure out whether I was enjoying it or not and I kept just mm -hmm. pressing play and I kept listening so I think that's a testament to the fact that yeah I did enjoy it because I just kept I kept going mm -hmm. I found the ending ridiculous like so stupid but throughout <laughs> it I was like oh, yeah. what is going on you know like this is so weird what a weird yeah. book um yeah I, I think an interesting social commentary um the book itself a little bit silly but I don't know how else that topic could have played out like I think it's it's quite sensitive right like this idea of um cultural ownership cultural appropriation and yeah. I think that was probably a really good way to um to discuss it you know or to to put it into the mm -hmm. public discourse what did you think yeah yeah I really liked it um yellow face I didn't think it was like it wasn't five stars but I thought I thought it was mm -hmm. I, I wanted to like talk about it loads after I read it but I actually I read it and audiobook it um but mm -hmm. the narrator is annoying you are meant to find her annoying I think <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's just like a bit of a knob so yeah and that ending was very like all right a bit far-fetched one the exorcist says blah 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 um but yeah I also find yeah, I was just slapstick like, oh. comedy so annoying so I think you know <laughs> in general like if I'm watching a video or a film or a show I hate slapstick comedy so that's what it felt like it was like someone trying to trying to write out slapstick comedy which is somehow worse um but but throughout the book I <laughs> yeah I, I enjoyed it cool mm. well We've been chatting for an hour and ten, which is great. I mean, do you guys have anything else you want to add about the book? Final thoughts. I'm just saying, solid four and a half stars from me for Annie Mac. I know it's high. Nice. I really, really enjoyed it. Can't really fault too much. I just loved it. I think she did a great job. Ten out of ten. Yeah. Well, not ten out of ten. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also agree yeah, that I, I would. Mean... I would read what else she writes. Yeah, I definitely yeah, would. I 100%. hope she does. 100%. Really nice. Cool. The last book. Sorry, we've got this delay mm. again, but I do think her her <laughs> latest book is um like semi-autobiographical, so it is still fiction, but I think kind of based on her life when she lived with her brother in London in I think in the 90s. Um so yeah, I'd definitely be interested oh. to read it. And I I agree. I I would probably I probably rate it even higher having listened again like it's it's actually almost a perfect book for me like so well written Ooh. so well paced like just touches on such tough topics in such an amazing way and yeah well done Annie Mac we love you <laughs> I do at least just quickly what are you reading next Ooh. I'm currently reading a minute I think I'm actually reading the same book as you. I'm reading the list. 
or Kath, were you? Oh, I'm reading that. that. I'm yeah. reading the list at the minute. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my to be read pile is actually. Oh, I really want to hear your thoughts. Have you finished it? No. Have you? No, no I'm very, very close. So. I want to hear your thoughts though. Once you, once you do, because yeah. I have many. I have quite a lot, actually. Unfortunately, so I went to a book club tomorrow, but... Yeah, we, we can yeah, 100% Yeah, I think Ella has a lot of thoughts about that book, too. <laughs> I'm reading... I um, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm reading Ruth and Penn by um, Emily Pine, which, interestingly, she was my uh-huh. lecturer in uni, and I loved, loved, loved... She... Um, published a collection of essays called notes to self and oh my god like guys you have to read it like it's incredible i've just started ruth and pen um that's for my other book club so yeah looking forward to finishing that and i'll i'll pass it on if it's any good (laughs) (laughs) thank you nice Nice. i actually love when you guys give um book suggestions for book club because you're normally bang on Um, they're always good yeah they're always really good so I always welcome them. I'm not looking forward to discussing tomorrow's book, which I'm still stuck on and need to like audio book now for the next couple of hours. Oh, actually, you're that. not going to sleep tonight. Um, you know, um, do you know Julia Armfield who wrote The Wives Under the Sea? Mm-hmm. She's releasing mm-hmm. a new book as well. Did we see this? I just saw it on Waterstones. Oh my God. Private something. I think it's called Private Rights, maybe. It's coming out, I'm pretty Ooh. sure, very, very soon. And to be honest with you, I just like that is my favorite book so I've ever read. Yeah, so I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, one of our wives under the sea, fantastic, oh, truly fantastic. I swear, I think that's a 10 out of 10 book for me. Like, it stays with me so much. Yeah. Like, I remember that book like it was yesterday. Yeah, I was just yeah. up to so much interpretation as well. That's why I loved it. And like, I mean, for us, and I think we've said this on the podcast before, like we read it at like a really weird time because as soon as we finished it and we had the book club, the Titan submarine thing had happened and it was just a bit eerie that that would be, would have been the case, but it was just beautifully written. The story was like just modern Gothic, like what happened? Is it just, oh, fantastic. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss, literally. Well, thanks so much for coming on, guys. That's so good. This was a great discussion. Ten out of ten. You can come back <laughs> anytime. <laughs> we'll sort out our our um, audio issues for the next time. Yeah. I think it'll be all right. It's fine. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you well, so much. Have for you have a nice evening. <laughs> thanks for having us. Thanks so much. Uh, thank you for coming. And to all the listeners, we'll see you again whenever we post another episode at this point. I think it will be two weeks. No, it is definitely two weeks. It's definitely two weeks. We've got a deadline, mate. We've got lots of deadlines. We've got lots of exciting things coming. So you hold on to your hats um, and we'll see you soon. Kisses. Bye. And that's the app. If you like the episode, please leave us a lovely review, subscribe and share with your friends and we'll love you forever. (laughs) Follow us on socials at We Are Bookish Pod. Thanks for listening.